we're on the road to dreamland dream window well to get to the land you have to go to the window mm. and you look out the dream window and then you see the dreamland vast ah, dreamland let's take a moment and look out the dream window look at that over there look at that big egg Feel of golden goop. Mmm, look at that golden goop ooze out of that big egg. I see a tree. What kind of tree is it? It's like a giant, you know, like those big willow trees. Oh. You know, it's like splendid southern, I think, you know, Athens, Georgia, those. It's like a giant matronly woman, mm. you know. It's like Grandmother. a soft octopus blowing in the wind. Soft octopus. <laughs> Look at that over there. It's a puddle. I love, you know, that's really the, you know, just pearls of light. Mm-hmm. And I go, uh, when I go out on Sundays and I'm really kind of, it's my meditation day of the week. That's always comes back to, you know, those pearls of light and puddles. I find now that we can't travel all. I can't see the ocean, so I just look at puddles with a magnifying glass. <laughs> you just have to make paradise where you can find it. But <laughs> It's about putting a magnifying glass to a puddle so you can see into the entire ocean. I like that. Mm. I was thinking the other day about but you know accents, mm. especially the uh, the Midwest mm. accent. It's uh, it's funny. It's as if they it has zero respect for vowels. That's what I think a typical Midwestern I, accent is. I don't really know anything what you're saying. I don't know what the Midwest is or what vowels are. <laughs> <laughs> is the Midwest like the vowels of the states? It is, it, and well, they don't say vowels because they are the vowel. Well, that's it. No, the Midwest—they're the consonants of the, the consonants of the state. Oh. You know, they're they're the blue collar, real job. Consonantly not saying vowels. Flyover country. You know, mm. vowels are for fancy lads. Leave the vowels for the guys who go to Oxford and Harvard. Uh-huh. We just need consonants in Michigan. We're hardworking folks. Just vowels reverberating in the halls, <laughs> in the great halls. But literally, like they—it's how they would say the word. Um, Do <laughs> owls say vowels? Do there, owls say yeah, vowels? Are there vowels in hoots? In hoots? Yeah, there's two two vowels. The A-E-I-O-U. Those are your vowels. Owls are basically flying vowels. <laughs> flying. It's a bunch of vowels. You just add a V to the owls. And but they're the opposite of the French. The French are, love are, their vowels. Are all the vowels in the word vowel? Almost all the vowels are in the word vowel, except for A. I appreciate that word craftsmanship. <laughs> and I. That was tough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was too much. That, m- see, that's a classy word creator. He didn't put the I. Couldn't <laughs> put the I in the, in the He's vowel. like, I'm such a humble <laughs> word creator. I'm going to create the word vowels with all the vowels, but I'm just going to not put an I in it. My favorite French word, though, is E. <laughs> it's almost all vowels, and it has a super vowel. You know how they, how they shove the O and E together 
to make a, a word a sound that's not pronounceable but only mm. unique in French, and it's all vowels it? except for an I. How do you say it? Which is it funny because it's it's the translation for I, and the only oh, vowel in there. Sorry. I learned the other day a joke about saying pa and spa, pa de spa, spa pa, no spa, pa pa, spa pa. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you I hear? Even, I took one thing, one one month of French classes. And that's what you got to. And I'm trying to do wordplay jokes <laughs> in French. <laughs> that, but that's it. The teacher said before I left. He said, "You do not attempt any wordplay jokes. <laughs> you are not ready. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not record a dream podcast called Dreamcast." <laughs> And try to translate halfway through it. Yeah. We is a word with all vowels. We. We. Oh, O-U-I or ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> O-E-E. O-U-E. It's tough when you're learning French at the beginning. You just, you, you, you start, so I can see you being Actually, it's all the vowels in French are what hard, are hard, right? They all flip. Yeah, the E, the O, and the U. Try saying that together. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating it must be like a bunch of people really you know trying to learn french mm. well-minded but it's just yeah in your adulthood I, I i could see it just being i enjoyed like it's I mean, so fun to work really hard and feel like accomplished you're just at the level of like a grade two. <laughs> but, like I feel so great that I can just say, "Thank you. Have a good day." You know what? I don't know how to say "have a good day." Jour, bon, bonjour. No, that's high. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we're doing too much talking on French. <laughs> it's too much on a topic that you can't speak on. Yeah, like, and right. I have no insights whatsoever. It's not about having insight, but mm. it. Um, being able to pronounce some basic words. Yeah, I sound like an idiot. It's a, no, no, you don't sound like an idiot. You sound like a person learning don't French. Don't contradict me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you first, contradict me. This is the first don't sit across from this table. In my Tell house. I'm not an idiot. In my house. <laughs> on this table that my, my mother gave me because I don't know how to buy my own furniture. <laughs> Because I'm break 37, it. and I'm only about 11 months into really being an adult. It's great. And I have a long way to go. You've got a long way to go, but so does everybody. That's, that's it, you know. I watched an interview with a 92-year-old woman named Joan Erickson, and she said... If there's something you want to understand about people when they're older, first off, give them a hug. They just they just want to be touched. And believe it or not, they don't know every the older people don't have all the answers. <laughs> I didn't think they did. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. No, I I love that story of our our mutual, you know, senior fan of ours actually one of the biggest Hart and George fans out there and um, 
She I've, she was our only fan, and now that we've gone onto the internet, we for sure lost her. <laughs> she does go on the internet, oh, yeah. but usually only to get her email and to say that she's not going to that gallery opening. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes online uh, to refuse things. It, it's it's amazing because mm-hmm. like I'm her IT department, mm-hmm. and I'll show up. All right, it's been down for a couple of days, and then she's like, "Okay, let's see what I'm missing." Yeah, and then they'll be like. Ooh, the McCord Museum. Noon, certainly not. Delete. <laughs> is it noon too <laughs> early or too late? Too, and then I'm like, really? She's like, and like, she's like, who goes to a wine and cheese at noon? Uh, it's true. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah. I think she's like, yeah, it's just gonna be corny people, not my crowd. And then yeah, so she just sits there and just like hacks on everything she's invited to, and that's that's the most enjoyable part of her day to look at all the other things out there in the art world. Say. Uh, nothing interesting. I'm still at the top of my game. Good night. You know what? I was looking at a tree the other day. Do you ever feel like you're not living up to your potential? Do you think inside every tree there's a chair sitting <laughs> waiting to be carved? Absolutely not. Unless, like, yeah. Do you like, want, do you think, ins- are you waiting for me to make a necklace of your fingers i mean <laughs> the, the, the chair is not the purpose mm. of the tree you know I was the watching, tree is doing a lot of good stuff just treeing i i was yeah but I, I like to think if i were a tree i'd be like inside i'd feel like one day i'm gonna be a, a great table where people will sit around me and make great decisions but probably not <laughs> just me as a opposed bad to IKEA seeing the table. wind blow through your leaves and being alive? Oh, yeah, I guess. I think it's a dead state. <laughs> like I'm saying. Like, so no humans, like, I wish I could be a coffee table. <laughs> I think everyone wants to live up there to their potential. Right. But, yeah, what's the, I think it's how you're defining the potential mm. of that tree being greater serving men right or, i don't know is it out there as it as it puts oxygen back in the atmosphere it kind of is serving us yeah i'm putting i'm putting human potential i'm not thinking like a tree like inside a tree it's like i'm gonna be a bigger tree i'm gonna be the biggest tree in the world yeah this year i'm gonna grow one millimeter <laughs> well, think about that year before the tree you know in front of your place the year before it was just getting up to the above the building oh yeah just and everyone's been sitting there mean i'm gonna get so much light next year wait till my leaves are they all trying to is it they kind of have a little bit in common with nasa right they're trying to get closer to the sun get all the light all the plants are like if we just get another two billion years <laughs> i think we can get there kind of crazy some days that you're just like there's a ball of fire burning in the sun all burning in the sun burning in the sky but then again you know that's what's been keeping us alive since cavemen days i think you know we always Mm. celebrate that first quest for fire so it's kind of that big campfire keeping us all alive how do you think fire started i had i was thinking the other day it was probably I don't know, you know, when things are going bad. It was probably just like two people walking down the road and one guy got hit by lightning <laughs> and the other guy was like, 
this is this is terrible. I just lost my best friend, <laughs> but he's on fire. This is also incredible. That's I'd guess. How do you think fire was discovered? See, I think you're spot on with it was simply lightning. <laughs> mm. But um, did he eat the guy? Was he like, wow, he's cooked? This food I, tastes so much better now that. <laughs> No, I think it was more. He's of, weeping. He's like, I've lost my. That was also the first word was created too. Saw fire before they could control it. I think fire and language started. The guy got hit by lightning, and he was like, ah, and that was the start of language, the start of fire, and the start of cooking. It was a good day. It was a bad day, but <laughs> good day in the long run for evolution. Dependent. Bad day for for Steve. <laughs> <clears throat> that was a nice cough people I don't know I like it it's nice when you cough and you got a bit of rasp in it and you're like I feel like I've lived a life that's led up to this cough <laughs> except it's just yeah I was, I was trying to get rid of it today on the professional call and um, you're trying to get rid of a cough like you're trying to get the cough out I was on trying a to call get, you're yeah, like I might I as well to... do this coughing at work <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was on mute uh-huh. trying to get the cough out mm. because I knew I had to do like you know a good flurry of three minutes of speaking coming up uh-huh. but yeah I was it just wouldn't get out of there it just had this and I was left with a, a tiny half rasp as I yeah. fought my way through the that sentence through the I was in the hospital the other day looking at the ceiling and my first thought was like you know what would make hospitals better and then I was like (laughs) it's pretty easy to like comment on everything right like it could be like these walls are crooked why don't they put that outlet over there but I don't know how to install an outlet which hospital were you in Jewish general oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> You've got some critiques for it. Well, it's Don't not get the, me started. Don't get me started. On where the outlets are placed at Jewish <laughs> Terrible outlet placement. Well, that reminds me when I was in um, the hospital where I had my surgery. Mm. I remember one of the times when I was driving there. Uh, or, and as soon as we're going by, we're on a bus. And some guy haughtingly turns to a woman. And he's like, that's my hospital. <laughs> like just a guy on the bus he doesn't, he doesn't work there <laughs> he doesn't he's not associated with it anywhere much like me mm. uh, he's probably just a patient there every now and then yeah. but it was, he said it without this weird sense of ownership and pride like a like, sports team almost, almost like it, as if he was pointing out to his his Ferrari <laughs> you see that over there that's mine <laughs> that whole hospital <laughs> And I just mm. the attitude. Yes, mm. I, I still remember to this day. I've never been as proud of anything I've done as he was by just going by the hospital. I don't even know if I've ever been <coughs> proud of anything because the second I finish anything, I'm just immediately thinking about all the things I haven't done. Yeah, there's all. It'd be a lot better to just claim a hospital. <laughs> and no, that's what there's certain people who can externally mm. externalize their joy mm. and I yeah I can't do that 
am I'm takes happy out. when in the doing, the realities and the accomplishment and, and just trying your best every day and and being grateful that you have an, an opportunity every day to go at it health, you know, pain-free, yeah. generally worry-free. Well, but um, yeah, I there don't... There is very much something to... But it has nothing to do... Like I, That's why, like, I, yeah, I, a car is always just going to be useful for me as driving and I'd never be like, but... And I like nice, nice things. Mm-hmm. I don't think that makes me a better person. I don't really get joy from it. I look yeah. at an expensive car and I'm like... That's a lot of problems. It's a gas. It's well, a this. Is just Every sitting. time someone gets close to it, I'm worried that they're going to scratch it. So it's just like, yeah, I see. Everything's it. just like sitting at different speeds. Like you're sitting in a car going fast. You're sitting in a plane going even faster. But you're always just sitting. Like I, when I moved in this new apartment, I was like, I didn't have furniture yet i had like some and i like basically would just sit in a chair and when i sat in my chair i'd look for a couch to buy and then i got the couch and i sat on the couch and i was like now i need an armchair <laughs> more <laughs> I got the armchair i sat in that and i was like i need patio chairs it's getting warmer i got the patio chairs i was sitting in those and i was like i need a bar stool i got a bar stool and i just like was like well now i'm bored <laughs> i got like I, I mean, there's all these different places to sit, but there's only like, I guess you can read when you sit. But I, I I've discovered I like the idea of reading more than actually reading. I remember walking with my um, friend's dog Kaizo on Mount Royal. It's a big um. Like Labrador, it was a big, big shaggy red dog, hmm. Labrador Retriever, I think. And anyways, we're just walking through Mount Royal, which is a big urban city park, but hmm. definitely not out in the woods. And he came across, he got excited by this pile of leaves, and he started digging into it, and it was just like a dead raccoon, hmm. or that. And I remember it terrified me. <laughs> Yeah, it absolutely terrified me. I didn't. I was like, "Get out of that dead thing, Kaizo!" And I'm like, "Taken photographs. A dead body would be just like ten times of that." So I've taken photographs of dead raccoon before. I set up little collage pieces on it. It Sounds weird, but I like thought of it as like I tried to make something beautiful out of this kind of sad thing. Was my thought, and I was like, if someone found me i'd hope they'd take a couple art photos before maybe not <laughs> you were now in retrospect but the feeling i felt was that it was going to come alive almost like as i got close i still felt like it was gonna like like snap out at me But, I mean, to be honest, I think you've had this, I think it's more psychological with your heart that you have this fatalistic worry that things are always going to fall apart. I think one thing I'm different about now, and even in my professional life, it's, I'm really... Do you have it too, though? Because if you kind of felt it with the dog a little bit. Yeah, just, but I was just, again, I was concerned. I've always been about, it's never over till it's over. Mm. And, you know, we were at the... At nearing the end of a of a project, and you could see everyone just being like, oh, "Thank God, this is almost going to be over." 
And I'm just kind of sitting there going, you know, until it's over, you know, there's going to be two or three other things that are going to come up. Yeah. And then when those little things, and sometimes they were nothing burgers. But <laughs> what people is a nothing all, burger? A nothing, I mean, it was an issue that didn't... that may have caused like, some noise does the burger have nothing on it or is there no burger just bun it's just bun just bun which is but like why didn't you bad. call that a nothing burger because you you sold them a burger yeah. and everyone said oh this is a huge problem George <laughs> and we gotta take care of it and it's one of those huge problems with but I'd say a nothing burger is a problem too like I ordered <laughs> a burger <laughs> and I did nothing <laughs> I'm like, this is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) But so a problem becomes a nothing burger. And yeah, and like it's one of those problems where, you know, what's a problem? Is it something where someone comes up to me and says, oh my God, like, yeah, my roof caved in. And <laughs> big <deal>. boo hoo! <laughs> I got no. Well, roof. How about this? Like, not the roof caved in. Like the roof caved in in the Big O. Oh yeah. You know, say they say the roof caved in at the Olympic Stadium. We all know it's been a janky roof. And then some guy comes and he's like, "Did you hear the the Olympic Stadium roof? I got problems." Just and it's like, no, you don't. You know, <laughs> it's a nothing Was burger this the to same your guy life. Who owned the hospital? <laughs> He's like, now my Olympic stadium. Oh, the roof is caving in at my second home. See, that's the trouble with identifying yourself with giant objects. There's so much maintenance when you pretend you own the hospital. I mean, that hospital's falling apart. I was I was watching this nature documentary the other day and it's on this guy Joe Huto, I think. H U T T O. How would you say that? Hutto or Huto? Huto. Huto. Joe Huto. And he he imprints himself on animals. Which sounds a little more invasive, but it's like he lives with them since they're children, so they think he's their mother. <laughs> So we can see their inner workings. It's like it's pretty, living with them, does that... Yeah. I mean, can you please expand and get a little bit more clear? Is he spending evenings sleeping out in fields with... Yeah, I guess it's not like a 24-7 thing. Like, he's like... He's just a shift deer. <laughs> They're like, this this guy's my mother only at moments. So you'll saw, put in the day shift. I saw a thing on him called My Life is a Turkey. That's how I first heard of him which I loved that documentary. It's one of my favorites. But So I found this other thing on PBS, and it, it's not as good, but he does it with mule deers. But at the end, he says this thing that was kind of interesting. He's like, the mule deer has been alongside humanity for all of its evolution. Like, we've probably existed the same amount of time. And he's like, the mule deer must find humans such a curious creature. Because in one moment, we... We've saved them, we've helped them, we've untangled them from the briar patches and the brush of the woods and saved them. Yet at other moments, we've torn their mother's entrails out of them and left them in the sagebrush for them to ponder. So they must have found us very curious. 
Yeah, yeah, real curious, like <laughs> curious killers, curious murderers. I don't think there's any. Yeah, I guess curious isn't. You know, fine. If someone, if someone helped my jacket get untangled from a fence and murdered my mother. Exactly. Like, and I'm sorry, but they said that. I would be like, what a curious guy that is. You know, he's a mass murderer, but you know, damn, could he make a good barbecue sauce? Like, you know. <laughs> He'd hold a door for you and then murder your family. What a curious fellow. <laughs> no, I think that person's generally bad. See, that's so, it. Because so everyone you, doesn't want... probably like we're terrible then, right? You know They're why? Like that's we're it. curious. They're not like human beings where like no one can say anything bad about their... You know, that their grandfather was racist. Like I want my kids to grow up with... Things are better than my... <laughs> maybe, exactly, like me. I mean, there were certain things, there was nothing I wasn't to want. I wasn't a kid who wanted for anything mm. growing up. I had my basic needs and then some, mm. and, you know, not only needs, but wants satisfied. Yeah. But... What were your I've, biggest wants as a kid, would you say? You know, like, there was a one year where like, I really wanted, like, a, a racing bike. Mm. All my friends got into racing bikes, and I still had, like, an old shitty 10-speed. I wanted a proper one. So, like, you know, and, you know, a little bit of... A little bit of complaining for six months and showing that I was really serious, and then you know my mother went and got me that that high level bike. If you want to be into it, you can. If I showed ambition for anything, whether it was like you know music and I want to get this, and I showed like three months of ambition, they'd be like, okay, yeah, we're gonna go buy you a professional level sax. Oh yeah, we're gonna buy you a nice bike. Yeah, but so yeah, took it interest was, in what your interests were and nurtured them. That's nurtured them. If I go to the library, have a book on cycling, being like, oh well, looks like George is getting He's into very it. Serious. That would, and then yeah, as long as I showed that little bit of, it wasn't just a whim. Where yeah. I would have whims, and they'd kind of be like, right. But no, so but yeah, and and they'd buy me good, you know, good stuff. I wrote this down the other day, and I wrote that I like clothes, and I wrote that opinions are like clothes, and fashion in a way, and that society almost has seasons, and if you just like hold on wearing the same opinions and don't change as the seasons change, and you're like in the middle of summer in a big woolly sweater filled with holes that's moth-bitten like that's your old opinions that you're wearing you need to you need to change it's it's fun it's fun to get new outfits it's fun to change and grow i think everyone i it's, like it's very very things. easily easy to and also i should say of all of history and all of time all opinions have holes in them in time so what you have now as your opinions will change too like these will everything we think now will find little holes in it and that's great it was going back to the the old people not knowing everything and and Ms. Nancy talking about when she was in Ibiza in her youth and just and she's like we literally put oil on our skin (laughs) like olive oil olive oil and bake in the Ibiza sun all summer and Mm. then and, and then she looked over and that's the one thing that's awesome about her she looks over at you and she's like we didn't know any better yeah and she but she's like and now she's like Wow, that was dumb. <laughs> I look like a baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> Those were the and times, that's, and that's it. And there's like someone who's accomplished, and then you know mm. it is. She's it, it, 
immediately able to say, hey, I was dumb, I'm right. stupid, I don't know it all. Yeah. And that's what I said. I find it really frightening. People are so confident about the way they raise because because then all of a sudden you're like, I find them dangerous because sometimes they don't even listen to reason and they're the type of person you'd be screaming fire and they're like, George is just exaggerating. It is that when you hold on too tight, like if you can accept you're a product of your times and opinions, then you can accept that everything changes and you're wrong. It's kind of back to that not being wrong about things. Of course you're going to be wrong about things. We're all going to be wrong about things. It's just... We are Hart and George, and this is Dream Window. Dreamers. 100% REM cycle guaranteed.